It's your Lockdown Flyers podcast for Friday, April 22nd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is very happy to have the Flyers beat the Montreal Canadiens, breaking that six-game losing streak. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I am here solo for the first segment, but my lovely co-host Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology, will be joining me later in the show. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news, our episodes, all that fun stuff. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to talk about last night's game, a win 6-3 against the Montreal Canadiens. We're going to get into some potential playoff format changes that were suggested by Greg Wyshynski over at ESPN.com. And it's Friday, so we are going to wrap up with our gritty thing of the week and do a little mini preview of the U18 Worlds coming up this weekend. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So in this game, we had the NHL debut of Linus Hogberg. And on yesterday's show, we talked about that decision of bringing him into the game versus maybe Wyatt Wiley, who we had thought would get the call up. But honestly, Hogberg was fine. I knew he would be. And he's a a solid defenseman. I just think based on more recent play, Wiley probably deserved it more. But I think Hogberg played pretty well in this one, considering that, you know, the Flyers defense basically had two NHL defensemen in total in the game, or at least experienced NHL defensemen that can still play. We're not counting Keith Yandel at this point in that category. I know Russ would agree with me there and I think it was really good to have Ronnie Adderd paired with Ivan Provorov and Sandheim was doing a great job kind of helping Hogberg along during this game and I think overall the thing that made me the happiest about the game was how Hogberg and Brink and the other young guys were doing in this one I mean you had Bobby Brink getting two assists in this one. Hogberg got an assist of his own in this game. Ronnie Adderd had that amazing rocket pass to Travis Konechny, who scored. Uh, Noah Cates continued to play really well. You know, smart, aggressive style of play. Uh, He worked along the boards in a sequence with Owen Tippett. They eventually got the puck to Morgan Frost, who got the fifth goal of the game in this one. And I just think... All of these guys are working really hard and they're starting to build some chemistry. So that was a really good thing to see. And I think the best thing that I'm going to take away from that game. Now, 
The other thing I'll take away from that game is JVR, once again, being a little too little too late kind of guy, uh, had two goals in this one, the brace. Yes, I am wanting to get the soccer term of brace, a two-goal game, as a common thing to talk about in hockey. So I'll say JVR got the brace in this one, uh, 23 goals on the season, which tied Cam Atkinson for the team lead. Uh, he got an assist as well on the Ivan Provorov goal. And JVR could end up being the team leader in goals for the season, which would be absolutely wild, in my opinion. And uh, so that that was a good thing, I guess. Good and uh, unfortunate in some ways. Again, a little too little too late for JVR this season. But I think obviously this was kind of a messy game. Both teams being one of the weaker ones in the league. You saw a lot of sloppy play defensively, I think, on both sides of the ice. The the Flyers just get a little discombobulated, and Martin Jones had to make quite a number of key saves to keep the Flyers ahead in this one. I will say that, you know, the big thing that happened early in this game was the officiating messing up. We should have had a disallowed goal because of a hand pass. The refs said that the Flyers couldn't challenge it when absolutely they should have been able to challenge it. And Mike Yo said, yeah, you know, they made a mistake, but you can't let that be an excuse. And honestly, I think this is the kind of thing that in most situations you would have seen the Flyers react really badly to overall and kind of fall apart when things didn't go their way, especially because uh, it looked like the Habs were maybe getting back into it and the Flyers were struggling on the power play as they are wont to do uh, trading chances back and forth with the Habs on their own power play. And so a thing like the officiating really getting you on a play like that, I think is something that could make a lot of teams kind of collapse and not want to really push forward. But to their credit, I, I think the Flyers did. They got past it. And I think there was only, you know, a few minutes in this game where I really felt like it could get away from the Flyers. I, I felt like they just kept pushing and kept attacking, which is a really good thing to see, especially at this point in the season, obviously, where, you know, the points don't matter. Everything's made up and the points don't matter. So, you know, I think that this is a good moral victory for this team. And, you know, I would say it was not the greatest outing for Carey Price. That's for sure. He allowed six goals in this one. But at the same time, I think, you know, the Flyers got some really good opportunities and took advantage of them. I really loved the shot that Oscar Lindblom took on his goal as well. So, again, lots of really good things that that came from this game. I know a lot of people don't want to get the points because of lottery positioning, but I think Russ and I have been pretty clear on this show uh, pretty consistently that pretty much wherever they end up, which is likely to be in the three to six range, they're going to get a really solid player and there isn't going to be much of a difference in the guys that you're going to get in terms of one being better or worse than the other. They're just going to be different kinds of players. 
and it'll be what the flyers are choosing to emphasize at that given moment and what they want to do here. So, you know, I, I think that winning is important. I want these kids to get some wins under their belts in a Flyers jersey so that they understand what that feels like and they know what kind of play they have to put forth in order to get wins in this league. And even if it's against a team like Montreal, who's at or near the bottom of the league pretty consistently, a win is a win and it still feels good. And so I'm glad to see them get that W. And so I think that this is this is a good thing for the Flyers overall. All right, we are going to bring Russ into the conversation. Like I said at the top of the show, Greg Wyshynski put out an interesting article suggesting a different way to do the playoffs. And Russ and I are going to debate that coming up next. We've been talking about Built Bar on the show for a long time now, and you should know how much we love them. But Built has more than just protein bars. Have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they are a treat. And they're a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, and so many more. And and all Built Bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. If you go to Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, you're going to be blown away. They're high protein, but low calorie, high fiber, and low carb. Most Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, you're going to find 240 calories, ton of sugar, dozens of net carbs. And the regular bars have some delicious flavors as well, like mint brownie, raspberry, and cherry barcia. New flavors are coming out all the time at Built Bar. They're all about the taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Russ. So one interesting conversation that's kind of been floating around again recently as we approach the end of the regular season and go into the playoffs is does the NHL need a refresh in its playoff system? And the topic came up, I think, most recently, you know, the first time in the bubble where they did have an expanded playoff where there was like a play in round right. uh, because we didn't get a chance to finish the regular season. And that was their excuse. And then when, you know, Bettman was asked, oh, are we going to expand the playoffs at this point? They just said no right away. And it was like, as yeah. if it was not a consideration. But the conversation kind of restarted in the last day or so because Greg Wyshynski put out an article on ESPN.com with his ideal way to expand the NHL postseason. And it does bring up a good conversation about whether we should expand the playoffs because there is a point to be made that with you know expansion of the league over the years, we have more teams, we're up to 32. And so a fewer percentage of teams make the playoffs now than did, say, 20 years ago. Yeah, 
the the interesting thing is, I think some fans are getting mad because, like, hey, good teams are out in the first round. I get that, but I do think um, the teams that are in it right now, and the teams that look like they're going to get it, are probably the ones that deserve it. So you have to do this one next one carefully because I don't think it's as simple as well. We go back to the old ways and add a play in simply because I think a lot of things are going right with these playoffs. And so I don't think it's a total disaster because if you look at it, there's very few teams that you would say that are on the outside that are maybe deserving of being in. That's, that's my issue. Yeah. I think that if you look at, as it stands now, I think the argument to add more teams is that the Eastern conference, for instance, has been kind of a, a lock. For the last several months, everybody knew which eight yeah. teams were going to get in. And there was some question as to what the order would be. But even that kind of settled out a little bit. And so there was really nothing to play for, so to speak, in the Eastern Conference or or to keep fresh eyes on those games. And while the Western Conference has been competitive, even in the last several weeks, it's really just been will Vegas get through to make the playoffs the Canucks still have an outside shot at it as well. But, you know, it's been a pretty solid at least top six, maybe seven teams mm-hmm. uh, for at least, I would say, three weeks now. And so I do understand that. And I do understand the, oh, with a play-in round, you get more games in, so that makes more money for the team. So it should be mm-hmm. something that they should, in theory, want. But it is more games. And so you have more of a chance for guys to get hurt in these play-in rounds. And the fatigue of the long 82-game season is already set in. We've already had all the injuries from the regular season. Do you want to extend it to beyond the 16 games of the current format and risk further injury to your guys? Or is that just part of the game? It's not just part of the game. I think we could look at baseball as an example who had a shortened spring training and they're treating their players differently. Some players are playing less. Some players are missing. If they're a pitcher, they're going to skip a start. Some are getting hurt early on because they didn't have a long enough spring training. I think the same thing, there is that same danger with NHL players. They're always going to tell you they could do it. But the thing is, there is a point where... You shorten this too much, too much. You lengthen this too much. You can foul things up that way too. Yeah, I think that's where my concern is: is the fatigue and the wear and tear on the players, and also the length of the season. Honestly, it's it's a concern of mine as well. We've seen in this season because we had a built-in Olympic break that then went away. The season itself was extended by three weeks and it's maybe it's a flyers perspective because the flyers have been out of it but i think even for teams that have been doing well it's just that those extra three weeks have felt like a slog in a lot of ways no no i think i think that's fair and i think the danger now is you finish the stanley cup let's say in the summer they do vote on this change well, now you're going to have even a shorter season for the team right. that wins the Stanley Cup and a longer season coming up, a shorter offseason, I should say, and then a longer season coming up. That's not a great formula either. 
Right. And I think that, you know, this play in round, in theory, should only last a week tops mm-hmm. in terms of what you'd have to do. And the way Greg Wyshynski suggests it is that, you know, you only have the seven to 10 seeds. So it's kind of like what the NBA does. And it's like a lose twice to get eliminated format. So in theory, it should only take about a week. But still, that's a lot of time in the off season and rest, like you said, in terms of the teams that went further in the playoffs, definitely would have to run that by the union and the CBA, right? So it's something that would have to be negotiated in because of the time off considerations as well. And rest. I'm against. I'm against lose twice. Like I think you lose once, you're out. Like that's it. I lose twice doesn't make sense to me, honestly. It this doesn't have to be fair. I mean, when the playing round started, like in baseball, like if a team was out, they're out. Like that should just be it. You're getting this one chance that you wouldn't have gotten before. So why am I giving you now two chances? I'm looking at the standings right now with what teams might get those play-in opportunities. And I'm very much hating myself having to say these words, but I feel like the only team that maybe would quote-unquote deserve this play-in and the East is the Islanders because they have played pretty well in this latter portion of the season I mean not a month and a half just a month and a half half. right but and I'm and I'm not saying I agree with this theory I'm saying if you're in this framework where you're going to have play-in games in my opinion you know the Islanders the only team that would maybe be worth it to put in Columbus is borderline in my opinion on that front Um, but in terms of recent play and maybe they just like didn't get a shot to come back from their COVID problem and the fact that they had to start their season for 20 games before they got their building right so there was like some reasoning there that maybe there's some logic to it but other than that I think the eight teams that are in it in the east should be the eight teams and I, I, yeah. I just don't feel like there's a need to bring anybody else into it, that none of these other teams would be something that would enhance the playoffs. Right. I think the the issue here would be in the future, let's say the Islanders were to make the playoffs this year, well, you got rewarded for playing a good month and a half. You want to say two months? Fine. Well, it's a longer season than that. But then coaches are going to know this, teams are going to know this, and just know if I string together you know, a good eight weeks, I might be able to get into the play-in game. Is that really what you want in the sport? You're not really yeah. – you're, you're diminishing the regular season with that. you got to be careful. Yeah, it's a real delicate balance. And, you know, like I said at the beginning of this segment, I really do understand the fact that you're getting a lower and lower percentage of teams making the playoffs as the league has expanded. And so you want to involve more markets in the postseason. Like I understand that from a business perspective, but at the same time, I want to watch good hockey in the playoffs. I want those top teams who deserve to be there to be the ones that are duking it out. Cause I'll tell you, here's what we're one step away from. We're one step away from, okay, the two teams that play in the winter classic, the team that wins gets immunity. So this way, if you're out of the playoffs, you can now be in the playoffs. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, but we're just only two steps away from that. Well, I don't know about that. I think hockey has enough structure and tradition to it, which is why they haven't expanded the playoffs in the first place. 
uh, that I don't think an outlandish idea like that would ever come into play here. Much like the winner of the all-star game in baseball getting home field advantage right. in the World Series. Like, that was also very dumb. That right? was dumb. Yes. So I, I think that hockey, I think, is too traditional to make this change now. But maybe when the next CBA comes up, I, I think it's on the table. If you add another team, I'd probably be more receptive to it. I think so, too. All right. Well, obviously, the Flyers are not in the playoffs and wouldn't have even made a play-in. So it's kind of a mo no. moot conversation for the playoffs. But uh, we did have some good stuff from Gritty. So we're going to talk about that coming up next, as well as U18 Worlds. But first, we're going to hear about our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we have some good gritty thing of the week content today. And Russ, I got to say, you were 100% correct in terms of your prediction that gritty would go all out for Easter. Yep. And that's what we have for you today. Um, we have the pictures that officially came from the flyers on what gritty looked like gritty had a gold chain with what i appears to be a giant plastic egg attached <laughs> to it a uh, very you know a vest with a cane very i would say almost like a 70s pimp character Easter yeah Bunny, 70s pimp yeah is what i would say of course no pants and uh, just the vest, no, no shirt underneath. Well, nobody wore pants in the 70s. <laughs> That's true. I guess you were there. You would know. Um, <laughs> so, in addition, there was the official Easter greeting card, which actually I thought was really cute with little eggs of the different players as well as Gritty hiding behind the sign, which I thought was was really neat as well but it was uh it was all very fun it is but here's where i'm going to lodge a protest if there ever was a holiday that you had to be gritty it's passover and if gritty is truly gritty let him sh let's see him eat some matzah and then have a big smile on his face like he does now let's see some representation here that's gritty Oh, my God. Gritty rep doing the 10 plagues would be the oh, greatest thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, let's see the other side here. Yeah. Well, and there are multiple sides. Lots of lots yes. of holidays uh, happening. Of course, Ramadan and Easter and Passover all overlapping with each other. So lots of opportunities for representation. But we got an Easter gritty theme for that one game because it was on uh, Easter Sunday. But mm -hmm. we did have one other piece of Gritty content where Gritty showed up at a kid's practice at the Voorhees rink. And it's always delightful when Gritty just surprises the kids out there. No, that's good stuff. I mean, that's that could add a lot of excitement, some smiles, some fun. I like that. Absolutely. 
All right, moving on to U18 Worlds, which start this weekend. And it's a tournament that normally I think doesn't get as much play as World Juniors does. But since we didn't get World Juniors and there are several players in this tournament who are draft eligible, I think the profile of U18 Worlds has gone up this year. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I've covered the U18s. I spent a month or what felt like a month in North Dakota once covering it. Um, but the tournaments, it's still a pretty big deal. Uh, there are players that have gotten drafted, uh, players that you know based off of this great tournament. I'm not going to say who, but um, we could talk about it later, but it happens. Uh, the big thing about this is I saw, you know, with the U.S. team, there's a lot of opportunity here. Like, you know, for Logan Cooley, I don't think he's going first. So I think right. I think he's safe. He's safe in that second spot. Um, I think the big opportunity, and not even for Cutter Gauthier, really, because I think he's riding right in that 10 to 17 range. I think he's safe there. Seamus Casey, though, is really not getting the love he should. And and all three of these guys are on Team USA. We should. They're all on Team USA, yes. And I just interviewed Casey. Um, it just got posted Today on EP Ringside, people can go read that. I interviewed him the other day. The mental makeup of this kid is special. He's already a really talented offensive defenseman. He is uh, what you would consider undersized for the NHL. But at 5'10", like he'd be the tallest guy in my family, well, second tallest in my family, right? I mean, you have to look at things uh, in a different way sometimes. He does not let his size diminish his game, and he really outthinks the opposition many times. And he's willing to go through a brick wall and he understands the grind. And I think he should be moving up in this in these draft rankings. And we'll see. A big tournament for him could do that. Yeah. And on Team Canada, of course, is Connor Bedard, who is the presumptive first overall in 2023. So you could get a sneak peek at his play as well if you're not familiar with him. Right. And I'm not gonna I'm gonna start a mini rant here. <laughs> Whoever wants me to have on shows, you know, you want to have me on your show, you want to talk about the draft, we are talking about the 2022 draft only. I'm not talking about 2023. I'm not talking about the three or four players that you know from the 2023, just to get in Connor Bedard talk, because it's much too soon. And I think I always feel like, hey, why should I talk about these 23 guys when there's a whole draft in front of us before that? So I get very touchy about it. Uh, no, no slight to Connor Bedard. He's a fun player. Everybody will love watching him. Everybody will will make these ridiculous predictions that he's the next Connor McDavid, and we'll let it go from there. But he's going to be fun to watch in the tournament, no doubt. Yeah, it's always good to see the young kids and who's coming up, no matter who they are. And I think there's you know a lot of good kids out there on Team Canada, on Team USA that maybe you mm -hmm. haven't heard of. And what's really great is that they are putting this tournament on NHL Network. So there's a just the U.S. games, just though. the U.S. games. Right. In terms of being able to see a lot of them and track some of these players. Team USA is playing Team Canada on Saturday. So you'll be able to see them. And I think, yeah, if you're starting to heat up your draft watching, this is a great way to start. Or go back to listen to some of our shows before Saturday and you'll hear about some of these names that are playing in this tournament. 
Exactly. We've got lots of them. If you go back in our feed, we do a weekly prospect profile, uh, sometimes about a flyer's prospect, sometimes about a draft eligible prospect. So there's a lot to choose from if you go back, like I said, into our feeds. And I think that will do it for this week's shows. And of course, we will be back again on Monday. We've got a Flyers Pens game that we are going to be talking about. It will have our nemesis of the week as we do every Monday, my favorite part of the week on the show. And we'll have a mailbag next week. And with it being the last week of the season, you know, we'll want to be thinking draft the lotteries around the corner. So send us in your questions about prospects via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R M I R I A M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S P O R T S O L O G Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend.